Welcome to our new series, Your Life. Whose choice is it? In this new series, let's examine our life choices. What helps us choose? How we choose? And the unconscious biases that might influence our choices. The consciousness of choice. For the first time in history, we humans have more choice in our lives than we've ever had before. Whether in our careers, or our finances, or our health, or friendships. It is a fact that consciously or not, we are always choosing. Even those times when we say that we have no choice. No choice is a choice we make. Everything in our life is a reflection of the choices we've made. Having said that, it's important to remember that there are no good or bad choices, no right or wrong choices. Even though it may seem like that at times. But I know that every choice is an opportunity to learn. To do it differently the next time. So think about the next choice you make and enjoy listening. Join spiritual psychologist and India's number one biofeedback practitioner, Ritu Malhotra, as she guides you through the paths of self-discovery and personal transformation so that you can live in alignment with your values and purpose. This podcast is brought to you by Ajna Center for Learning. To know more about Ajna and connecting with the host, check out the links given in show notes. You are listening to the Cellular Alchemist podcast and here's your host, Ritu Malhotra. Every time we are challenged, every time we are pushed in a corner, or whenever there's a feeling of helplessness, It's saying something. It says, find your power. Find your power within yourself. As a therapist, helping people find their power, facilitating their ability to help themselves, uh, is my job description. There are times we all feel we have no control over our lives. I'm sure you felt the same as well. Let's see and learn from one of the clients that came into my office. Uh, Her name is Shelly. Shelly came in looking distraught. And she says she's terrified about her daughter's obesity. Uh, And every time she asks her to get help, she yells back. And locks her out. Or let's look at Meera's example, who is dealing with an unethical working environment. She describes her boss as a depraved bully. But if she wants to keep her job, she just has to lump it. That's how she feels. Or then there's Malika who looks and feels perpetually exhausted. 
she's sent to me by her physician because she's suffering from chronic fatigue. When I ask her why uh, she's not taking better care of herself, she says she has no help at home. And who would look after the kids and husband if she focused on herself? She's nutritionally quite deficient. And I can see that. And uh, according to me, she is an accident waiting to happen. All these three feel helpless to change their situations. In my work, I hear statements like these often. You'd say these statements are commonplace and not really alarming. But they are. Because they are declarations of powerlessness. And that is an extremely debilitating condition. We can experience, all of us would feel the same in these situations. If we believe these as true, then they're like a pit. They can suck us deeper and deeper into the marsh of despair. But what's good to know is that they're really not true. Yes, they're not true. They are creations of a powerless frame of mind. This might sound like pontificating, or not empathetic enough for me to imply that we should have power over everything in our lives. But it is true that all three of these people, Shelley, Meera, Malika, are being challenged to find their power in a disempowering situation. We all need to know this. There is no circumstance in which we are completely powerless. And I'm repeating this. Powerlessness is a delusion. It is created state of mind. And it's only one of the options we have. There are many more. So why do we then choose helplessness or no choice as a reaction to our problems? Hmm. How about the fear of what other people would do or say or feel if we were to act as we wanted? Shelley is afraid of her daughter's resistance to her suggestions to seek help for herself. Mira allowed her fear of loss to override her moral compass and call out her boss. And Malika too gave in to and promoted her family's codependency. You can see how each of them are waiting for other people and for things to change outside so that they could give themselves permission to do what they knew was the right thing. That's what made them powerless. Here I want to share an experiment I read about. It was an experiment done by a group of psychologists to test whether ordinary people would come to the rescue of someone, 
a stranger on the road who was in need. So an actor was hired and he pretended to faint on a busy city street. So more than 80 people or so went by and ignore the injured person. And then one person stops to help him. And no, it wasn't a doctor or a saint. It was a beggar woman who kept screaming for someone to stop and help. And she didn't give up until this guy got the help that he needed. Now let's stop for a moment and compare her to Shelley, who doesn't take any action because she fears her child's um, anger would be painful. Or Mira, who confessed to me in one of her sessions that she would do anything to not be a nobody, even ignore an oppressive boss. Or Malika, who doesn't allow herself to be seen as an imperfect mother or spouse. So let's see for a moment, what does fear really look like? Fear is stressful. It wants and it must fill some lack. Fear has to control. All situations. Control the outcome is what fear wants. And its needs are never enough. On the opposite side is love. Which first of all feels good. It wants to feel free. It's not interested in control because it understands and accepts Whatever is, is. When we recognize that fear is arising and we are alert enough to not give in to it, we are on our way to empowering ourselves. Actually, love and fear are the two sides of the same polarity. Both present us with infinite possibilities. You know, you'll be happy to hear that all three of the people that I mentioned eventually made a shift. In Shelley's case, she insisted on an intervention for a treatment process for her daughter. Mira recognized and resigned from her suffocating job environment and Malika enrolled herself for a wellness retreat and a rejuvenating time alone for a while by herself. So power comes from actions like these and the small, small choices between love and fear. And you know what? It doesn't have to be dramatic. In fact, real power is usually unspectacular. It is the simple setting aside of fear that allows love and compassion to flow. It's simple. 
yet it changes everything. Because this is a personal experience. It opens the door and step by step, helplessness is yesterday's news. Slowly we reflect, we look back and we move on. That was this week's episode for the Cellular Alchemist podcast with spiritual psychologist Ritu Malhotra. Don't forget to follow the podcast and join us next week for yet another episode. Thank you for listening.